Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. The word of the Lord this morning and uh, teach a lesson, preach a message. I'm not sure how it's going to go, but uh, Genesis chapter 1 is where I'll draw your attention to. If you're not familiar with where Genesis is, the altar's open. Um, I'll invite you. That's okay. Genesis chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Probably don't even need to turn there, but... The Bible says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Amen. Just for the next few moments, I'm going to uh, talk to you from this title, Out of Nothing. Out of Nothing. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. I'm going to start off a little negative today. Uh, Not in a rant or anything like that, but... um, just with a statement, uh, and it's probably nothing that I have to convince you of, um, but the statement is this, is that this world is messed up. It is, it is messed up. This, this world is uh, it's broken, and there are, I believe, there are some, there are some people that are really tuned into that, primarily people um, that, that deal with it on a day-to-day basis. And I think of people in different capacities, their, their jobs, people that see it firsthand on a daily basis. I, I think about, um, parole officers and, uh, social workers, police officers, people in the medical world who see, uh, people's lives completely falling apart. Um, these people, are really in tune with, man, it's a mess out there. Doctors are dialed into it. Uh, detectives are dialed into it. Therapists are dialed into it. Undercover police officers dialed into the fact that the world is very, very dark. I had a conversation just a few weeks ago with a young lady whose husband is a firefighter, and I, I asked the question, I was like, does he, does he see a lot of action? Um, in in that in that uh, in that role while he's on shift, and she began to go down through the list of all of the the different things and everything that he has seen, and uh, she made the statement. She said, "You wouldn't ever think of it. Whenever you think of our town, whenever you think of where we live, you wouldn't think of that all of this is going on. But there are people that are very tuned in to how fragmented the world." Is and sadly enough, you are even starting to see it with uh, within our school systems and school teachers and and all the mess that they are having to deal with right now as far as curriculum that is being pushed and the identity crisis that is happening in the youth of today. Those people are very tuned in to the fact um, that this world is broken. For most of us, we're we're not dialed in like that. We're, there, are, there are things that have to happen, and I know we come together and you hear messages like this and you, 
you realize, yes, the world is broken. But I think for the most of us, we go about our day and there's maybe not a lot of thought that goes on until some things begin to happen in our world to where we begin to see the brokenness. Every once in a while, uh, something takes place that makes our focus shift just a little bit. Every once in a while, somebody will go into a school and, and, and they'll shoot, shoot up the school, just like we saw just here recently. And, and, and we'll see the news about it and we'll see the headlines and we'll tune into the stories and we'll find ourselves in that spot of, man, this world is, is a mess. It's dark. Every once in a while, somebody we love will get sick or we will get sick and the, the fog kind of lifts a little bit and we'll get to that place where we say this world is, is broken. It's, it's, it's a mess. Primarily how, how we operate in regard to the world being broken is we kind of, we have this kind of low grade gnawing in us, this, this desire uh, for, for more while not really being quite sure what that more is. There's this, there's something deep in all of us that's kind of this, there has to be more than what I'm seeing. There has to be more than what I'm experiencing. And there is a void. There is a void inside each and every one of us, a spot that needs filled, a void that has a desire for more. And one thing I'd like to point out this morning to you is, yes, this world is a mess. It's broken. It's backwards. But this world that we are living in right now is not the world that God as God created it. We have taken what God created and made it the mess that it is today. God did not create this mess. God is not the author of this mess. We are. How do I know this? Because the Bible lets me know that everything that God created was good. Everything. Everything. In the beginning, we find God creating everything, and He he simply spoke into existence and a simple let there be, and it was, and it was declared good. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Out of nothing comes a universe, comes a planet, comes a world, comes a people. And it is the presence of God that brings life to where there is no life. And we know this because the word spirit is the same Hebrew word for the word breath. And if you follow that throughout the Old Testament and into the New, you'll find verses like Job 33 and 4 where it says, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. What is it, folks, that brings life to the lifeless? I'll tell you what it is. It's the Spirit of Almighty God. It is the personal presence of God Almighty. And to this day, it is the power, it is the presence, it is the Holy Ghost that brings life to where there is no life. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, except the man be born again of water and the Spirit. How are we born again? Through water, waters of baptism and Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost inhabits us 
It, it, it brings our hearts to life. It takes what was once dead and it makes it alive. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It gives us life. Where there used to be darkness, now there is light that is shining. What used to be empty has now been filled. Out of nothing comes life, comes liberty, comes salvation, comes freedom. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost this morning that you know? Come on, are you? thankful to know him in the power of his resurrection amen and it, and, it, and it is still the presence of God that 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 is speaking into those dark areas and creating something new and I I, I wish that I could tell you that <clears throat> once once you are born again that life is just a walk in the park I wish I wish that I could tell you that once you are born again of the water and the spirit, that, that people just stop being mean and people stop gossiping about you. People, everything works out that you get the promotion, you stop worrying and that anxiety just never comes back. I, I wish I could tell you that, but in this life, we are not free from problems. We are not, we are not exempt from valley experiences, unfortunately. And what's amazing to me is Jesus even told us, in this world you have trouble. And I think even though he gave us the heads up on that, I think for the most part, we are still surprised when we go through a battle. We are still shocked when there's a mountain that we have to climb. Flat tire on the way to work, not everything went according to our schedule. Somebody said something mean to us. They didn't invite us. Somebody lied about us. They didn't like our Facebook post. They didn't follow me. They actually unfollowed me. They unfriended me. I, I didn't get what I thought I deserved. You know, those big, tough mountains that we're up against. But even beyond that, I, I, I joke. But there are some serious situations that we do come up against. And, and we come up against those moments, and we're in those situations, and we're like, Jesus, what is this? I, I, I've been faithful in serving you, and I, I, I pay my tithes. I, I, I'm consistent, and I, I joined a small group, and I've, I've been contributing. And what's going on here? I, I worship, I clap, I, I dance, I shout. And we are so caught off, caught off guard from the trouble and since we are so caught off guard from the trouble that Jesus gave us a heads up on, it leads me to believe that we forgot the promise that he associated that with. And we forget to continue reading. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I want to tell you something right now. Your world might be messed up and it might be flipped upside down and not everything might be going according to your plan and every day may seem like a battle. It may seem like a fight and you might be getting weary, but Jesus said, take heart, I've already overcome. He's already overcome everything that you're going up against. Your situation may not be good, but we serve a God who is still good. Do I have any believers in the house today that say God is still good? And God is still on the throne. And God is still in control in a world that seems so out of control. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, the Bible says, comes in the morning. 
Hear me today. In a world that is full of trouble, you can still believe God for the miraculous. You can still believe in a God who speaks into the dark areas of our life and creates something new. The the, the miracles of Jesus and the countless wonders that He performed during His short time here on earth are extraordinary. Jesus changed the lives of everyone around him and everywhere that he went. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they document many of the miracles that he performed. However, these miracles represent only a tiny fraction of the innumerable wonders that he had worked in people's lives. John explained it this way, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which... If they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. I've always read that and kind of been like, come on, guys. Could you not have just included a few more? Could you not have just taken the time to write down a few more? What else did he do? What other stories are there that could be told? It just kind of leaves us hanging, wanting more. There are 37 miracles recorded in Scripture. And they are all amazing. And I wish I had the time to go through each one of them, but there are a few that really stand out to me. Mark chapter 10, we find the story of blind Bartimaeus. And you read that story, and it's such an amazing account. Little did this man know that today would not be like any other day. When they led blind Bartimaeus out to his spot and they set him down out of the way, close enough to the traffic to attract attention, but not so close that he would get trampled on by the crowd. He sat in that spot, maybe wrapped in a blanket there sitting with his cup. For you see, because he was blind in his eyes, it had affected every area of his life. His self-esteem, his income. His marketability are all affected because one thing has gone wrong in his life. And he has made a job out of being dysfunctional. There are many who don't get well. And I have viewed and witnessed how people have created a community of survival that's built around their dysfunction. And there are some who refuse to get well because they fall in love with being sick. And they laid him by the highway side begging, and the Scripture says the most amazing thing. It says that he heard that Jesus was passing by. You you have to get excited whenever you read something like that in the Word of God because to me it's a reminder that God doesn't let everything go wrong at the same time. God doesn't let, he could hear. Even though he couldn't see, he could hear. Isn't it nice to know that God doesn't need anything you lost in order to bless you? God will use whatever you have left to bless you. 
And there are many who have convinced themselves that they've got to get it all together for God to bless them. They've got to get their life in order for God to call them. They've got to get their life. They've got to get this fixed in order for God to save them. I've got to get this cleaned up first. And I've got to change my life. And I've got to do all of these things in order to get back. I've got to get this back. And I've got to get that back. And we try to restore ourselves. But God doesn't need those things. God doesn't need what you lost in order to bless you. He can use what you've got left in order to bless you right now. You don't do the restoration. God does the restoration. You don't do the saving. But so many times we try to grab the bull by the horn and be our own savior, our own healer. But he heard that Jesus was passing by. He heard. I don't know how he distinguished that sound of Jesus' footsteps from others, but some kind of way he knew that it was Jesus passing by. And he sensed something that is never said. He sensed the fierce urgency of right now. Right now. Nobody, nobody told him that this would be the last walk that Jesus took. Nobody told him that there was a time limit. Nobody told him that this would be the last chance to get an earthly miracle from an earthly Christ. That, that he was on his way to Calvary and though he could not see, he did not lack vision. They asked Helen Keller one time what it was like to be blind and she said it's not so bad. She said it's, it's far worse to have eyes and have no vision. This man has the vision, and, and, and he had the vision that if he didn't get it right now, if he didn't say something right now, that he wasn't going to get it at all. Hear me today. You've got to have vision. You've got to have vision, and then you have to have the courage to get a little bit disruptive. This man wasn't worried about anything. He wasn't worried about his political uh, situation. He wasn't worried about being accepted. He wasn't worried about fitting in. He didn't care. He cried out, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. Oh, that I might receive what? Not a car, not a house, not a job, not money, not recognition, not popularity. Jesus, if you could fix this one little thing that has shut down everything else in my life and everybody, everybody has a little thing that, that has shut down everything in their life. Everybody has something that has shut down everything. Oh, that I might receive my sight. And the disciples who were with Jesus, they told the man to shut up. But when you sense some urgency, you can't let anybody shut you down. There's nobody that's going to tell you to shut up. He cried, the Bible says, all the more until he did something that few in the Bible can ever say they did. He cried out until God stood still. And the Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus 
stood still in spite of his disciples making a decision for him without him. That he was too busy. That he was too important to stop and take care of the needs of a blind man. And Jesus stood still, the Bible says. In other words, Jesus was, uh, he was uh, uh, arrested. He was arrested by the sights of this man. The cry of the blind arrested the sights of Jesus. And it arrested him to the, the degree that Jesus stood still. And he commanded those who forbid him from coming, he commanded those guys to turn around and call him. Isn't it funny how the Lord will use our enemies as, as footstools? Isn't it interesting how God will turn it around for, for our good? But here's what I want you to see. I don't want to get off on that. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus called him, but Jesus didn't go to him. Blind Bartimaeus had to answer the call blind. And I think, I think that's important for us to realize and maybe highlight in our Bible because I think if we're all honest here this morning, we would agree that most of the time, whenever we're moving toward Him, we're doing it blindly. We don't, we don't know everything. We, 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 don't, we, we, we can't see clearly. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know where to go. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. But hear me. If you're willing to follow, if you're willing to go toward what you hear blindly, God can do some amazing things in your life. God can do some extraordinary things in your life. He went to him blind, but he didn't stay blind. Because once you make it to Jesus, he makes everything all right. He makes everything all right if you'll just get to Jesus, if you'll answer the call. And yes, it takes some faith, and sometimes it takes some blind faith. You won't know every turn. You won't know what he's doing at all times, but just get to him. Just get to him. Because why? He's a problem solver. He's a healer. He's a way maker. I need to remind somebody today, he's a healer. He has healing in his wings. Come on, he's a deliverer. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. This God that I speak of is the mighty God who is able exceedingly abundantly above all to do anything, to do anything beyond what we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. I need you to believe that this morning that not only can God heal you, but God's willing to heal you. God's willing to heal you. I believe God wants to heal you today. I believe God wants to deliver you today. I believe God wants you to fill with fill with His Spirit today. I believe God wants to do that today. You don't have to wait another day. God wants to do it today. They say that the best place to build a business is around a problem. That if you found your problem, then you found your business. Because if your business solves a problem, you don't have to do much marketing. 
You don't have to throw loads of money because your business just all, I'll give you an example, hospitals. You don't really see much advertisements for hospitals, do you? Okay, it solves a problem. It solves a problem. Funeral homes. You don't have to really market funeral homes. There will always be clients because there will always be death, all right? Anytime you find a business that solves a problem, you are going to be successful. The reason that our God has withstood, withstood the test of time the reason that the Bible is still the best-selling book in the world, the reason that our God is still called upon in every continent on earth in one language or another is because he is a problem solver. For every disease, he is a healer. Too often we think that we know the solution and we spend so much time and so much time and so much energy before we realize that we are not as smart as we thought we were. That we don't know as much as we thought we did and we don't have as much as we think we have. And finally, with humility, we bow our heads unto the mercy and the grace and we admit to his sovereign plan and understand the manifold and the wisdom of God that God knows everything about everything. And we learn to put it all in his hands and trust in his power and in his ability. I don't know about you, but I think it's okay to trust in God for some miracles. I think it's still okay to believe on God for healing. I think it's still okay to believe that God can do what we think is impossible. There are places that go out of business every day simply because they stop solving the problem. Either that or the problem just morphed into an even greater problem. And now they don't know how to fix it. Now they don't know how to solve it. Or at least they can't do it in an efficient manner. And so they go out of business. And we see it all across our world today. Business after business just going out of business. Companies closing down. They stop solving the problem. But hear me today. This Jesus that I preach about, he is still in business. There's no going out of business sign hanging up anywhere. He's still a problem solver. He's still a way maker. He's still a miracle worker. He's still a healer. And you can believe him today. You can believe him for the impossible. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say that your situation is too far gone. Or that you've already seen God move in your day and in your life and that's it. Or that problem is too great. Or God's too busy and to, to stand still for your need. Come on. You may feel helpless today. You may feel like your life is nothing. That you have nothing to offer God. But out of nothing, God can move. God can work. God can make all things new. John chapter 4 find a, another miracle. We find the story of a man whose son is sick and near death. This man has a child who was stricken with illness and feverish and unable to overcome the sickness. And this man did the right thing. He came to Jesus. 
When he came to Jesus, he said, I need, I need a miracle. He was, the Bible lets us know he was a nobleman. He was uh, out of Capernaum. And if you do your study, this is the village where Jesus did much ministry. And when he heard that Jesus was there, he went to him and he sought him and he, that he would come down and heal his son for his son was at the point of death. Jesus responded to this and he said, except you see signs and, 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 and wonders, you will not believe. And the nobleman said, he said, come down. Come down, my child, ere my child die. You know, sometimes the desperation is such that you just need to throw away all the facade. You need to throw all the, you need to throw away all of the reasoning and the thinking, thinking things through and just pour everything out to him. Pour everything out to God and say, Lord, I am desperately in need of a touch. I am desperately in need of a miracle. This man said, come down. My child died. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Thy son liveth. And probably the most important part of the passage is this. The man believed. He believed. He believed the word. You know, the word of God came forth and the man received it. And he believed it. And he went on his way. It is so hard sometimes for our flesh to believe the word so deeply that we are willing to just go on our merry way and let the word do what the word can do. But that's what the man did as he went his way. And the Bible says, the story goes on, that his servants met him and they told him, your son is alive. Now in the flesh, he had probably expected that this sickness was going to run its course and it was going to take the life of his child. But he had been in the presence of the Lord and he had heard the word of the Lord. And after that, Something had quickened in his mind and in his heart. He had been with Jesus. And Jesus spoke into his life and he believed the word that Jesus spoke and he went his way. They said, your son is not dead, but he is alive. And the man said, at what hour was he healed? And they said, well, it was yesterday at about the seventh hour. And the man began to do a little calculating. He began to open up his little palm pilot. And he began to look at back at his schedule. And he began to think, where was I? And he began to do some calculating and thinking, where was I? He was thinking back and he realized that it was that same precise moment when I was in the presence of the Lord. Hearing the word of the Lord, receiving what Jesus was saying into my life. And I'm going to tell somebody right now, 
you have no idea what all is happening when you sit in the presence of the Lord and you hear the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, it can happen while the preaching is going forth. It can happen in the middle of your worship unto God. God can work on your behalf. But do you believe it? Do you believe it as you clap your hands unto the Lord today? Do you believe that God can move and God can work? Because that's who he is. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a healer. And the word that is going forth, I'll have you know, these are not my words. This is the word of the Lord. This is, these are not my words, but these are the words of Almighty God. And you know what these words are? They're the same words that we read in the beginning. God created the heavens. It was the same words that spoke all of creation into existence. The same words that caused the children of Israel to walk through on dry ground. These are the same words that caused the fever to break and a young boy be healed. These are the same words that caused Lazarus to rise from that tomb and back to life God can speak into your dead situation and God can bring life God can bring life and if God is speaking we need to be believing believe the word of the Lord believe that he's able believe that he's still moving and healing I speak healing over every situation right now. And if you need a healing, I wish you'd just reach up and grab that word. I wish you'd reach up and receive it and believe it. I believe for your lost loved ones to be saved. I believe it. Would you reach up and grab that word right now? Would you receive it? And would you believe it? Would you Come on, you can stand on the word of the Lord. You can stand on his promises. You can know, you can have some assurance today that God is able. Jesus said, ask our music to come. Jesus said, your son is alive. And the man said, that's good enough for me. And he walked his way. He wasn't surprised at all when the servants came and said, your son is alive. This didn't catch him off guard. He didn't say, are you sure? Did you check his pulse? Did you get a second opinion? I mean, did you, was he still breathing? Like, you're, you're sure that he's still alive. He said, all I want to know is at what point was he healed? I know he was healed, but what I want to know is when did it happen? And they said it was about the seventh hour yesterday. And he said, it is at that time I was standing in the presence of the Lord, receiving his word. And I believed it. Don't take these moments that we share together for granted. 
when the presence of the Lord sweeps into a place and the word is going forth, I'm telling you, you can believe God for the miraculous. You can believe God for the salvation of that person that comes to mind when you hear lost loved one. You can believe God for the promotion. You can believe God for direction. You can believe God for that spirit of heaviness to be lifted. And in what seems like a nothing moment, God can step in and make a difference. God can step in and make the path straight. Would you stand with me this morning? Again, I love the I love the miracles of Jesus. I wish I wish I had time to talk about all of the others. There's one of the probably one of the most amazing stories, however, in all the four gospels. In fact, in all the Bible, is the story in John chapter two of Jesus being invited to a wedding. Jesus was invited to a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and I, I love this story because it turns out to be one of the most miraculous things ever done by Jesus. And it is surpassed only by what is done to Jesus on Easter morning. It is the most miraculous of all things that he did. Now, when I say that, some people might go, well, I mean, wait a minute. You know, look, he did. He fed the 5,000, right? He, he raised Lazarus from the dead. I mean, what do you mean? This is the most miraculous thing he's ever done. This is what the story says. When the wine was gone, Jesus, his mother, said to him, they have no more wine. Jesus, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And nearby stood six stone water jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they did. He said, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. And he did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper after the guests have had too much, but you have saved the best till now. Even though this was his first miracle, to me, it's the most miraculous. 
And I say that because Jesus turns the water into wine without using grapes. When he multiplies the loaves and the fishes, the ingredients are there. Even when he, even when he raises Lazarus, the ingredients are there in his body. But there are not ingredients for the wine and the water. And that, that's what makes this the most miraculous. It's almost parallel to the beginning of creation. Out of nothing. And he brings it into being. What was not there. Now what's interesting is the story comes on the heels of another story in John chapter 1 where Jesus meets a man called Simon Peter. And John says, Jesus looked at Simon and it means that he looked through Simon and he says, you are Simon. Your name shall be called Kephas, which is Aramaic for rock, hence rock, Peter. Your name is Simon, but it shall be called Kephas. Now, Simon is related to a verb meaning shifting sand. Or maybe even blowing in the wind. And Jesus is saying, when I get through with you, you're going to be rock you're gonna be rocky there will be no other name for you that's what you'll be you'll be so solid and the interesting thing is the ingredients for becoming a rock they're not there not in simon he was anything but solid but when Jesus makes a promise, when Jesus promises to do something new in your life, church, the ingredients for the new thing, they do not have to be there. The grapes don't have to be there for Jesus to make wine out of water. So, for instance, when he promises he's going to work self-control in your life, in our fickle souls sometimes, the ingredients for self-control don't have to be there. I can tell you they're not there. But he can bring it into being. When he promises to make me a merciful human being, the ingredients for mercy don't have to be there. He can bring it into being. And I'm drawn to this story because when he promises to make something new, the ingredients for something new don't have to be there. Just as in the beginning, the ingredients for creation, they didn't have to be there. He called it into existence. He spoke it into out of nothing. He spoke it into existence. He created it by speaking the word. Would you bow your head with me this morning? 
close your eyes. And I know there are some that maybe hear about, you know, God wanting to use people and think to themselves, could God, could God use me? And we begin to immediately think of what ingredients make up who we are today, what, what our lives look like, and how is it possible that God could let me preach? How is it possible that I could be a witness? How is it possible that I could ever lead? How is it possible that I could ever be a follower of Him? Look at my life, and look, I'm telling you, the ingredients don't have to be there. God can speak it, and you just need to believe the Word only. Believe the Word only. Believe the word only. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.